very special guest. We've got college football Hall of Famer, New Orleans Saints legend, and patriarch of the first family of football, Mr. Archie Manning. Archie, how's everything going for you? Uh, real good, Zach. Glad to be with you today. Awesome, awesome. How's everything going for you? I know we're still in the mix of this pandemic. How's everything been? You guys, got, we're getting, I feel we're getting to the finish line. How's everything been going for your family? Well, everything's fine. Uh, it, uh, the world has slowed down uh, a good bit uh, with, with the pandemic. Uh, I usually travel a decent amount. I've been sticking pretty close to home here in New Orleans, but um, uh, we've been fortunate. Uh, we're, we're healthy and uh, all our family and our kids, grandkids, everyone's healthy. So we're, we're doing real good. Thank you. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Well, of course, what was Mardi Gras like this year? Was it a little different? Very different. There was no Mardi Gras. And uh, some people came to town. The weather was kind of decent. People came to town, but of course, no parades. I guess the the one thing, a lot of people uh, throughout neighborhoods fixed up their homes like Mardi Gras floats. So it was kind of like walking tours, people just going around and visiting those homes, but certainly without all the parades and, and the thousands and thousands of people, especially young people, college students uh, didn't come to town. It, it was far different. Yeah, well, hope, hopefully next year we can sort of get things right back on track. This past year, in my opinion, we just move past it. Doesn't count. We like keep on going. We're figuring out 2021, 2022, 2022 is going to be the best years of this decade. So we're getting ready for it. Um, so, so I want to ask some of your thoughts on these uh, past football season, because I know right now both of your sons have retired from the National Football League and the quarterback who played for the team you spent the bulk of your career with, Drew Brees, also retired. So my question for you is, who are you looking forward to watching next season? Well, this past year was really uh, different, Zach, uh, not having one playing for the first time in 20, 20-something seasons. Um, but it was fine. Um, you know, we had always – uh, first the Colts and then the Colts and the Giants and the Broncos and the Giants and then finally just the Giants every Sunday. So uh, this past year, I guess we weren't as anxious or we uh, didn't have the anticipation each week. Uh, of course, we live here in New Orleans. We've always followed the Saints and uh, I kept up with the Saints probably closer than I had in the past. Who, who do you think should be the day one starter uh, next season, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? Well, I would just speculate. I, I would guess it'll be Jameis Winston. Um, and one reason for that, um, I think this coaching staff has had a year with Jameis where he didn't play, but he was in the room. He was in the quarterback room. He was on the practice field. He played a little bit. So I think they know, they feel like they know what kind of player he can be. I think they feel like that, uh, and I'm just assuming this, no one has told me, uh, that he, he can be their quarterback and starting quarterback. Um, you know, they got to look at Taysom last year in four hills when, in, in, in four games when Drew got hurt again. And I think that was good. It wasn't good that Drew was hurt, but it was good that they got to see Taysom at the, solely at the quarterback position for four games. And I thought he did great. I thought he did just fine. But I, I believe they really want to keep Taysom where they have him. Uh, where they've had in the last few years, multiple positions using multiple ways, special teams, offense, receiver, tight end. Um, uh, I, I said it's, he's such a weapon and he's such a tough guy and just a heck of a football player. So I think in an uh, ideal situation, Jameis would play the quarterback position, play it at a high level, 
and Taysom would keep doing all the multiple things he does to help their offense. Yeah. So, so, so actually I was looking at it. So this coming draft is going to be the 50th draft since you, Jim Plunkett and Dan Pastorini were selected one, two, and three. And it's widely expected that the Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets and the San Francisco 49ers will all take quarterbacks in the top three. And I want to get your take on this year's draft class of quarterbacks. Well, it's certainly, I think, a talented group. Uh, you know, when that happened 50 years ago, and that does that does make me feel old. <laughs> doing when I was second to New Orleans, and my good buddy Dan and Jim's a good friend of mine. Dan, my good buddy Dan Pastorini was third. That was the first time that had ever happened. Um, and then I remember a, a real strong quarterback draft year. Zach, you might help me. I want to say it was about. I think it might have been 83. Would that have been uh, John Elway? Um, yeah. Of course, Dan Marino lasted till later on in that first round, but it was uh, Ken O'Brien was in that draft. Um, Todd Blackledge. It, it was a bunch, maybe about six in, in the first round. So this year kind of reminds me of that. Although it looks like uh, th those quarterbacks back then, if it was '83, were spread out throughout the first round. It looks like uh, this bunch. It, are going to be top 10 guys and, and maybe a couple more uh, later. It's some talented guys there. I know everybody right now is really just uh, checking the film. I know the pro days just, uh, you know, there's just so much. Uh, the Jets moved Sam Darnold, So it looks like they got to get a quarterback. So uh, a lot of speculation on them taking Wilson. I don't think there's any doubt Trevor's going to go first to Jacksonville. And then the, the real interesting deal was the 49ers trading up to the third pick. That, that's got people really guessing. Um, you know, I think uh, a year that was full of good quarterback play, but obviously, Zach, the biggest surprise had to be Mac Jones and the level in which he played at Alabama. Now, I know he's got great teammates and great coaches, but still, when you throw seven, complete 77% of your passes and go up and down the field and – you know, 400 yards uh, almost every game. It was really impressive. And I, I think his, his character and everything about him has impressed uh, NFL people this offseason. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, and then you never know who else may jump up there and trade up. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, Denver's kind of an interesting uh, situation. Do they want to uh, get into this thing? The Deshaun Watson deal makes, makes it kind of interesting. So, uh, it, it'll be a lot of anticipation for this draft. Have all of the top prospects um, been to the Manning Passing Academy or just, just a few of them? We didn't have it last year. Mac Jones was scheduled to be here. Wilson uh, didn't, didn't, didn't come. Trevor, uh, Trevor came two, two years ago. Great kid. Great, great looking kid. Uh, super. Uh, let's see um, who else is in. Uh, Justin Fields was set to come this this past year. We were really disappointed. We didn't get to see him. So missing a year. Usually we uh, some, sometimes we get kids for two years. There's been cases where we've had them three. Uh, Marcus Mariota, I remember, came three years in a row. Oh, wow. Uh, we've lined up our quarterbacks this year to come, and I looked at them out of the about the forty that we've invited. We've got about five or six that have been before. Oh, cool. um, but, um, so most of them are new because we, we didn't get to invite anyone last year. What's the age requirement? Because I, I, I'm still trying to work on my perfect spiral. Is there an age requirement to come into the academy? Maybe uh, my... we, we start taking campers. Uh, we take some eighth grade campers, mostly ninth and tenth graders, <laughs> the juniors, uh, 
we have about 1,200 kids, but probably the biggest group are the ninth and 10th graders. Uh, 1,200 kids, oh, Zach, it'd be ideal to have 600 quarterbacks, 600 receivers. Uh, we have probably 900 quarterbacks and 300. <laughs> Son Cooper says it's really a better wide receiver camp because they get so much work uh, because they're outnumbered by, by the quarterbacks. But um, we bring in um, 40 college quarterbacks. They're, they're counselors, they're coaches. And it's not necessarily the 40 best in the country. We, we like to, I talk to pro scouts. I, I, we try to get the top maybe 10 or 12, but then we spread it out. We get kids from small school. We've got a quarterback coming from Wabash College. We've got a quarterback coming from Delta State. Um, we kind of take care of the, the locals, you know, the Tulane, Nichols State. Uh, we'll have Louisiana Lafayette. We'll have uh, Troy, probably Troy. We'll have uh, maybe UAB, uh, Southern Miss. So uh, kind of, it, it comes kind of a regional thing too. Have you got, I know you've been doing it for years. Has there, has there been kind of one or two guys maybe that stuck out that you, prior to the camp you had never heard of? And, and then after that, like, you can't stop hearing about them. Uh, it's our 25th, it's our 25th year. So now we didn't always have 40. We started, I think the first year we had two quarterbacks, uh, wow. Peyton Manning and Jake DeLome. <laughs> so we've, uh, we, we've added counselors uh, through the years. Yeah, they, we've had, I, I'm not sure when, um, Josh Allen came here from Wyoming. I, I'm not sure a lot of people knew who, who Josh Allen was, yeah. what he had done at Wyoming and how talented he was. Uh, I can remember that particular year we were doing a, they were doing a, a, a competition one day, the college quarterbacks and it started raining and we didn't get them off the field because it wasn't lightning. So we let them go. And I don't think I've ever seen one throw a foot, throw a wet football like Josh Allen threw through that day. He, he's truly a great, great young man. And um, uh, I can't say I'm, I'm somewhat surprised how well he's played because he's played well so quick, but um, he, he, he's a great player and a, and, a, and a great young man. Well, I was watching some recent interview with him. Apparently he couldn't get any offers coming out of high school. He's grew up like on a cantaloupe farm and now he's, potentially going to make some real money and the bills are a real contender. Um, so I want to ask about your uh, college career a little bit. Um, what sold you on Ole Miss? What, why, why Ole Miss? Uh, why did, I'm sorry. Uh, Ole, uh, Ole Miss. Like I saw a couple schools recruited you, but you always wanted to be a rebel. Oh, I grew up about 80 miles from Oxford, Mississippi. Um, during my childhood, Ole Miss had, had great teams. Uh, we had a hall of fame coach there named Johnny vault. Uh, and he always had really good quarterbacks through, through the years. Uh, not necessarily guys that went on to play pro ball, but good college quarterbacks and living that close. And that, that was, that's who I followed. I was just a fan. I didn't get heavily recruited, but um, one of my offers was, was from Ole Miss, and that, that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to go play for Coach Vault, uh, and, I, and I, wanted to, I wanted to play for the Ole Miss Rebels. So I, I had uh, Wesley Walls on a couple months ago, and he told me – that out of the blue one day when he was in high school working at a store stocking blue jeans, he got a call from Archie Manning that convinced him to become a rebel. Do you remember that, kind of how that came together? Wesley, a little bit like me, he even grew up closer to Oxford than I did in a wonderful little community called uh, Pontotoc, Mississippi. That's, that's it. And I had been to their football camp up there and met Wesley. And uh, it, it just, he was a good player. He was a two-way player back then. You know, he played tight end, played linebacker, but his senior year, he was had to play some quarterback, and he had committed to Ole Miss, 
all of a sudden, I think Ray Perkins was coaching at Alabama, that Alabama called Wesley and said, well, you know, you might can play some quarterback. You're, you're, you're really doing pretty good. You might can play some quarterback. And it kind of got him mixed up. And old Miss coaches called me. Back then, you could do this. I could call Wesley. Now, I, you can't do that. You can't call a prospect. But anyway, I called Wesley. I said, Wesley, what's up? Well, I don't know. I said, Wesley, you can't play quarterback at Alabama, okay? He said, I know it. I'm going to Ole Miss. And uh, Wesley's one of the best players we ever had at Ole Miss. What, what do you think of the job Lane Kiffin's doing there now? Uh, last year, boy, they were really very productive offensively up and down the field. Didn't stop people too well and probably didn't have enough SEC caliber players on the defensive side of the ball. So hopefully – uh, through recruiting, the portal, some junior college that they've strengthened the defense. I think they'll be, uh, I think they'll be really good on offense. We have a really good little quarterback named Matt Corral, and uh, he he um, he was really impressive throughout the year last year with big games, long yards. He had a couple of hiccups, like maybe I did a few times, where he got a little colored blind in in a game or two, and wasn't sure what uh, what color the jersey you're throwing. To throwing to, but it happens with all us quarterbacks. So, so I want to talk about, um, so getting, obviously you get drafted by the Saints, number two in 71. Um, what was that process like? Because I know it was, that wasn't like an April draft and it wasn't in New York. They just did it in January. What was that like? Wasn't much to it. Wasn't much to it, Zach. Uh, it was January. So it was really just three weeks after I played my last college game. So there was no um, one-on-ones uh, with, with scouts or coaches or anything like they do. No combine, no pro days, uh, no workouts. They just watch film and, and, and draft it. And um, it wasn't, they didn't invite people to New York. It, it wasn't a big deal. I'm not even sure it was on TV. I don't think it was on TV. Uh, so I just simply, I, I didn't even know the draft was coming up the next day. I'd, uh, I'd just gotten married and we'd gotten back to start our second semester of school. And the sports information department, Ole Miss, called me and said, listen, NFL drafts tomorrow. I said, oh, yeah, I got that. He said, well, I think one of these teams, either New England or New Orleans or Houston, is going to draft you in the first three picks. So you need to come over here. So I went over there. Classes were starting that day. But I went over at 9 o'clock. The draft was starting. At 9.15, the Saints called and said they would drafted me. So I talked to them on the phone a few minutes, and they came in, took a picture, and I went to my 10 o'clock class. So that was my draft day uh, 50 years ago. Far, a far cry from what my boys went, went through when uh, they were in New York for the draft or what, what these young people go through today. So I've actually had uh, another member of your draft class um, on. I had Kenny Anderson on a couple couple months ago. Oh, yeah. um, awesome guy. I don't know if you had him on Zoom. He has a cool – he got a cool um, – wait, wait. Uh, I forget what the beer, some beer. Uh, what was it, Kenny? Keystones, Keystones with Kenny. I was on a Zoom with Kenny okay. uh, a, few mo- a few months ago from yeah, from Hilton. Yeah. I think from Hilton Head. And Kenny, of course, my age, longtime friend, great player, great, oh, yeah. played for played for Paul Brown and the uh, Bengals. Uh, gosh, he's so accurate, and yeah. just just out, out outstanding. One of one of one of my yeah. good. So I want to ask you, so it's a, you're, you're, after your rookie season, 72, you guys had a top pick and John Hanna was available. Another prior guest of the show. You guys didn't take him. Did you maybe say, hey, maybe this, this guy from Alabama is pretty good. Maybe we should consider him. Yeah, well, he, he was certainly a great player. One of the greatest offensive linemen of all time. And we, 
we could have used him here. I'm, I'm not down. I'm not degrading the offensive linemen I had. We just had a lot of them and a lot of people passing through here. And uh, we, we changed coaches a lot. We changed players a lot. We changed offensive lines a lot. But, uh, yeah, I, I think John Hanna could have, could have fit in real good here. Now, there's a couple more questions for you. Uh, did some research about an hour ago. Saw something I've never heard before. So apparently one of your former GMs was an astronaut. What was that like? Well, um, his name was Dick Gordon, and uh, he was an astronaut. <laughs> and he just uh, he lived over in Houston, uh, where astronauts lived in those days. And our owner was was from Houston, John Meekum, and they were best friends. And so we were making a change in the front office, and John just thought maybe uh, Dick would be a good general manager. Um, I'm sure he was a good astronaut. He's a nice guy. And I'm I'm sure he was really a good astronaut. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, how, how did you stick through all those years, the down years, when you guys weren't winning games without saying, you know what, maybe I need to go to a different team? How did you do it? Well, you uh, you never get used to losing, and you always think, you know, something, we changed coaches a lot, and you always think, well, this time, this is going to be the right combination. We're going make it, to make it work here. And I think when you go through the lean years and the tough times somewhere, you – You'd like to be there when the, when the good times come. And I, I kept trying to have a sanguine feeling about that and start over and you're going to get some, you know, you got a new head coach. So obviously you got new assistant coaches. They bring in some new players. A lot of times a new offense. This is going to be it. But it just, um, it, it never worked. It finally did for the Saints, but it was, it was long after I was gone. Interesting. Um, if free agency had been an option because it wasn't, when you said pretty sure it came in 93, would you have considered leaving or trying to leverage them into bringing a better team around? People advise me, say, you got to move, you got to get it out of there. But really my, my deal was um, that, that kind of started here. I liked playing in New Orleans. I'm from Mississippi, not that far from home. I, uh, I, I wanted to do it here. I wanted to be part of this when the, you know, when the Saints turned it around. Uh, we just never really had the right chemistry to, to, to make that happen. It, it, it was harder in those days. You mentioned free agency. There wasn't free agency. There wasn't a salary cap. I think it was harder back then, Zach, to build a program. Now, once you ever once you ever got there, you could stay for several years. You know, the the great teams back then were the Cowboys and the Dolphins, and they were they were good year after year after year. But it was other teams, you know, like uh, like like us. Uh, oh gosh, back in those times, Chargers were kind of like that. The um, uh, Falcons were in our division. They they struggled, but it was hard to build. It, it really was to put it without free. You had to do it through the draft or, or make some really smart trades. Interesting. Uh, so I have a couple a couple last questions for you. Um, did you spend much time with uh, Pete Maravich? I used to spend some time with Pete. I was um, I was a big fan. The Jazz came here, and Pete was their star player. Uh, Pete wanted to lift weights, and they didn't really have a problem with that. So he came out to the Saints camp. And um, got on a little weight program, and then he he he'd want to go catch a football. And uh, Pete was one of the greatest athletes I ever saw. What he could do with a basketball was phenomenal. But Zach, he couldn't throw a football. He couldn't spiral a football. It frustrated him so much because he could do anything with a you know with a basketball. But he was a great great player. You know, sometimes I forget that this generation uh, didn't see Pete Maravich. And um, I'm a basketball fan, and I recognize the, the greatness 
the athleticism, the jumping ability, all the thing of these great players that are like in the NBA or in college today. But Pete Maravich was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Yeah. What, what he could do with basketball. Pretty sure 40 points a game with no threes, and he's the all-time leading scorer in three years. So people don't talk about that. So it's it's unbelievable. Um, one, uh, two quick questions, uh, two last questions for you. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant to go to in New Orleans? Oh, well, uh, that would have to be Manning's. Uh, we, <laughs> we have some great restaurants. We have a sports-themed uh, restaurant here, and uh, we're, we're doing good, but we have so many great restaurants. And other than that one, I can't start uh, – I mean, it's like they've been nice to me through the years. I like to go there. I like to get good service. Uh, so I'll just say anybody, if you want to, if you're going to come to New Orleans, uh, kind of work out a little bit before you come because you're going you're gonna to eat a lot and put on a few pounds. And then, my, So my last question for you, I got to ask, so your grandson, Arch, getting all these headlines, great prospect, going to be in the league in a couple of years. Hopefully Tom Brady's gone by then. Um, you said he's right now, he's further than where Peyton and Eli were at that age. What, what do you see from his game? What do well, you see? I really, that said that, I really said that when he was a freshman. The only reason I say that because he played as a freshman. He, he won the job, got to play, had a productive year. Peyton and Eli really didn't play until their sophomore year. So then this past year, sophomore year, uh, probably some similarities. They, you know, they, they were productive. They threw the, they threw the ball now. Uh, yeah, I think most high schools, are, uh, the offenses are different. They're throwing the ball more than they used to back in Peyton's day and Eli's day. But um, it, it's a lot of similarities uh, there. And Arch, yeah, he's getting a lot of attention, but I'm, I'm really proud of the way he's handling that. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a Twitter account. He's not all over social media. He's just he's going to school, working out, playing football, and having fun. That's awesome. He's class of 2023, so a couple more years we'll see where he ends up. He's the class 23. Awesome. Awesome. And then my last, my last question for you is uh, the Manning family foundation. Kind of, can you kind of talk about that kind of how it started up and kind of how people can check it out with some of the great work you guys are doing? Well, primarily uh, the payback foundation is Peyton's Eli kind of has a separate thing. And then the other things we do primarily is through the Manning passing Academy okay. uh, and funds we generate uh, each year and try to help primarily local charities and philanthropic needs. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's really all the questions I really have for you. I know you got a, a busy, busy schedule, but this has been an absolute honor. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat for a few minutes today. Well, thank you, Zach. It's my pleasure. Glad to be with you. Have a great day. <laughs>